This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between. Also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Draper's Barbecue, a third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City. Their line of products represents both cities as well as the flavor profiles of Shane's home. Pick up their smoking sauce and AP rub today by visiting drapersbbq.com. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets, making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers, and of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Recording for the podcast. Sorry uh, for the delay in the podcast, folks, but we're back. If you want to get in touch with the show, 877-448-0433, greg at the com are the two ways to get in touch with the show. You know how to do it by now, 877-448-0433, greg at the com. First and foremost, let me advise you that Kevin and I are trying out something a little bit new. Actually, to me, Kevin is letting me try You'll notice that if you're watching on the top right portion of the screen, uh, I think it's like right over here, you see it says Vid Blaster Trial. So we're trialing out some type of new production equipment in regards to video of the show. My hope is that we will be able to do some type of video production. Uh, so I'm looking for your feedback going to have Derek Riches on coming up in about 12 minutes from now, assuming his Skype connection accepts video, I should be able to split screen him. So we'll actually be bringing in faces to the show. It's not just going to be me anymore. I know. It's a sad day. Same thing with Robin Lindars, who will be on at 35 past this hour of 9 o'clock. Won't be the same thing. For Scott Nelson from Swine Assassins, but we do have something, well, I do have something planned 
for his appearance as well to make it a little bit more interactive. So looking for your feedback on the new production stuff. Obviously still have the banner hanging behind me, uh, but we were rotating some pictures out through before the show got started. And uh, keep it going. You know, in the chat, let me know what you think, and we'll go from there. All right, we got some sauce reviews to do again this week, courtesy of Hog Heaven. And uh, Ira Pupko, I believe, is the name. Ira Pupko, Hog Heaven, and it is hogheavenfoods.com. Now, this is actually so new, it's not even in the uh, traditional package bottles yet. Uh, Hog Heaven. And I have three versions to try. We have an original version, and we have a... Uh, what is this thing? Chipotle, apple chipotle, and a spicy. So we got six minutes. We'll see if we can't get in here. Uh, here we go. Let's go uh, first with the original sniffy sniff. Here's the sniff. I can tell you right now. Get that big stuff out of here. The original sauce has liquid smoke in it. Uh, as we all know, very well tradition that uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of liquid smoke. All right, here we go. Here's your uh, viscosity check for this one. So, uh, you know, traditional viscosity, I think, for the most part. Looks like a lot of uh, some of the other successful sauces that are out there. Let me go ahead and uh, redo that for you so you can have a look in here. Have a little look-see. Thick. I mean, you know, coating the spoon, uh, the spoon, coating the spoon. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not hugely excited to taste this because I'm afraid that there's going to be a lot of uh, liquid smoke on it. But we'll go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm a trooper. We'll give it a go. Whoa! Yeah, that's a smoky now. That's a smoky one. Um, building with some very nice heat. Well. Dave, I don't know. That could be it. it could be any number of issues. Uh, it could it could be the video, a little bit, a little grainy video. All right, let me see here. Once the smoke flavor goes away on the original, though, not not bad. That there's a potential that that could cook off during the process. Uh, what I do actually like about that is there a there is a very nice and subtle heat to that sauce. So, I mean, you know, it's not the worst sauce I've ever had. Let's go ahead and uh, put it that way. All right. Sauce number two is the spicy sauce. So I'm guessing it's going to have a similar nose to uh, what the original sauce has. Not necessarily. Well, this could have a whole different flavor signature on it altogether. Uh, I'm not getting anywhere near the amount of liquid smoke that I had in the original. Here's your uh, viscosity check. Coming out of the bottle, wow, that's thick. All right, let's do this here. Go ahead and pour some into my spoon because now I'm contaminating bowls and spoons. Hog Heaven, again, is the name of this company. Hogheavenfoods.com, uh, just going into production. All right, so I'll go ahead and taste this now. Thicker. Thicker. 
Hmm. Wow. Um, I can tell that's definitely going to be hot. So if you are not a fan of the hot sauce, then this is going to be one you want to stay away from. I'm guessing it's jalapenos because the bite is right up on front. It is uh, yeah, a little bit of a... Yeah, got to be jalapenos. I could be wrong, of course. I'm no hopper, but it, usually jalapenos for me bite me right up on top of the tongue. All right, let's clear the palate off. And we go to the uh, apple chipotle. Let's see here. All right, now we give this one a sniffy sniff. Ooh. Wow. Not getting any smoke flavor, but I'm getting a very sweet component. Almost, I don't want to sound like a dopey dope, but uh, like apples of some sort or definitely some type of nice uh, spice with uh, maybe some cinnamon. So um, this is kind of in between viscosity here on this sauce. Not as thick as the spicy one, not as uh, loose as the original. Got to be honest, I'm probably most excited to try this one. Had a very distinctive nose. All right, let's give it a whirl and see what happens. Hmm. It's, uh, I'm sure it doesn't. And again, this is what happens when a non-expert is reviewing sauce here because my palate is not necessarily refined as some of yours. I want to say it almost has like an applesauce kind of a texture to it. Could that possibly be? Yeah. Wow. Uh, flavor is absolutely fantastic on that one. That is going to be a winner on anything that you want sweet barbecue-wise. Uh, ribs, pork, you could probably thin it out a little bit with, uh, like if you're going to be having pulled pork, you could probably thin it out. Uh, probably would go good on beef as well. Anything that you would like to have a little sweet kick chicken, obviously, is going to win. Uh, you know, definitely a, a better than average trial here with uh, hogheavensfood.com. Hogheavensfood.com. If you want to call them, you can do that as well. 855 4 Hog Heaven. You can also email. It's uh, Lilia, L I L I A. Lilia at hogheavenfoods.com. And I do want to thank Ira for sending me out these samples. Ira, thank you very much, buddy. All right. Another successful taste test. I have no idea what I'm going to do with this leftover sauce, and I don't want to spill it on the carpet. Otherwise, I'm going to be a dead man walking. And you know that's right. So uh, for me, it is going to be the original. Uh, is going to be my second choice. The spicy is just a, it's going to be. That's a niche market. Apple Chipotle for me first. Original, and then a close third is going to be the uh, the spicy version of the original sauce. So thanks again to Ira. Hogheavenfoods.com is the website if you want to check them out. They are now newly into production, so congratulations to Ira. All right, gang, we talked about it last week. The inaugural inaugural unveiling of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers 50% off Accutron watches. What? You've got to be kidding me. You missed out during Christmas because you're consistently putting things off. There's a bigger word for that. 
We call it procrastination. Maybe you have Valentine's Day coming up. And don't lie. Don't say you don't because everybody does. So you're going to want to check that out, right? Now, here's what you're going to have to do. Whether it be for your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, same-sex lover, whatever the case may be, you got to call Stephen DeFranco. There's a number right there on the website. You have to ask for Steve specifically. You got to tell him that you want the deal 50% off the Accutron line watches. And most importantly, you have to, have to, have to mention the term barbecue ruddy or barbecue brother in order to secure this deal. And again, the deal is 50% off an Accutron line watch. For instance, there's that uh, gold watch that I wear. Uh, retail value $925. Simply eliminate 50% off. You've got to be kidding me. It's like a watch for a steal. You could buy it at the discount. You could resell it for $200 more. you got money in your pocket. It's a money-making situation. I, it's outrageous. $700 watches now for $350. Look, do yourself a favor. Maybe you're not watch guy. I never used to be watch guy either. One day, I went in. I saw some really nice high-end watches. And I realized, look, guys don't really have a lot of bling unless you're a major league athlete and you have all this money to throw around on the way you look, whatnot. I don't have that. But one thing guys can still do and not be considered a little effeminal is get a nice watch. But I'm not talking about some piece of crap fossil that you can get for $45 in Target or Colts. Step it up. Accutron line, and you can get it for 50% off. You call the number on the Stephen DeFranco website. Ask for Steve. Mention the term barbecue buddy. Don't miss out on this 50% 50 off. It's good until Valentine's Day. All right, we're going to step away, raise up Derek Riches. You are listening to Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. the hour and we will go ahead don't forget take advantage of that 50% off I mean, you're going to be sorry if you don't do it Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is the place to go alright let's roll over to the hotline and we bring up friend of the show Derek Riches from bbq.about.com Derek how are you buddy? Derek how are you hello Sorry about that. Good. That's my, that's my bad. Uh, all right, Derek, joining us here on the show. Uh, Derek, first time we've had you back on this year, so first of all, uh, Happy New Year. Hopefully everything has uh, transitioned very well for you. Um, wanted to bring you on tonight. Lots of things that we can talk about. 
And uh, just as I suspected, trying to do uh, a number of things with this new video, and uh, I've screwed it all up. Uh, Derek, can I go ahead and uh, hang up on you and then call you right back? Uh, sure. sure go right ahead. back. I'll call you right back. All right. I'm completely frozen. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. This is what happens with new technology. All right, let me try this. We're going to stop. Oh, I can't even stop. Damn it! Let's try this. Open file and task. That should fix me. All right, yeah. There we go. Ooh. Oh, Lord, oh, Pete. What is going on here? All right, hang, hang with me. Hang with me. Got to stop this. All right, there we go. Now, let me get my boy uh, Derek Riches back up. These are things that we're uh, trialing, we're growing together as friends and family. All right, uh, Derek, how are you? Good. How you doing? Sorry about that. I'm learning. Uh, here we go, Derek. We have a number of things that we can talk about tonight. First of all, uh, anything new happening with you? Uh, how was your uh, holidays and New Year's? Uh, good, good. Um, I ended up moving to a new house during Christmas, so uh, not much of a holiday. Do you have a lot of stuff? I would imagine you have a lot of stuff that you have to move in and out of a, a new house and an old house. Uh, yeah, I do have a lot of stuff. Yeah, I would imagine a guy in your position, you would uh, tend to accumulate some items here and there. So well, moving, you know, I try to get rid of a lot of the extra grills, but they just keep piling up. It's amazing how they just kind of stick around like that. Uh, all right, so we have a, a few things that we want to talk about tonight. The, the first thing that we can lead off, and I think I asked you the last time that you were on, uh, since I have gotten my hands on one of these, and a few of the other people that listen to the show and that are fans of the show uh, have been able to get one as well. It's called the Gorilla Pellet Grill, which can be found, I believe, at mygorilla.com. Uh, again, new pellet grill to the market. It seems like ever since Traeger lost the patent on that auger, it's been something that has been readily hitting the market. Uh, some seems like people are coming out more and more with these pellet-style grills. Uh, what do you know about it? What can you tell us about it? Uh, you know, actually, I saw this and, and, and didn't remember last time we talked about it, but I saw a prototype of this at HPBA a year ago. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, it's another pellet grill. It comes from a, um, Fahrenheit Technologies. They are uh, primarily a, a manufacturer of biofuel furnaces and heating equipment. And, yeah, because they can now you know, um, put the auger into a grill uh, – They've decided to come out with their own. So uh, here's another one. So, I mean, in your estimation, what do you think? Is this uh, when you look at all the other ones? And this isn't the first time that you have seen a company that's core business is in the home heating aspect of this whole deal get into the grill side of things. Uh, You've seen them all. What's your initial impression of these? Well, um, you know, obviously, you know, with this one, 
they seem to really know what they're doing. They have a lot of experience with it. They brought that experience into uh, into the grill design, and uh, you know they've come up with something actually that is uh, has some unique features to it that you're not seeing on many of the others. Uh, and largely, I'm talking about the 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 lid on it or the lack thereof. Yeah, I mean, what, what's your initial impression of that when I saw it? Uh, through some videos, I was like, oh, it's just going to be something else that you're going to be lifting up and down, just like you would see on a number of other. But this is like a, a left-to-right slide, almost like on ball bearings. It's got a nice little gasket underneath, something that kind of breaks from tradition when we're looking at pellet cookers. Yeah, it's kind of like a Lazy Susan design of lid. I remember when I saw the prototype of it, uh, it didn't have the configuration it does now. And, and and I have to admit, I probably spent about a minute trying to figure out how to open the thing. Um <laughs> But, you know, once you get the hang of it, it's uh, pretty obvious. Uh, what they're saying is that, you know, when you lift, you go out to your, a grill or smoker and you lift the lid, you, you're creating that empty space, which is going to pull heat and smoke out. It's going to pull cold air in. This doesn't have that effect. Now, heat still rises, so when you open the lid, it's going to displace uh, heat from the unit, but uh, not quite so violently, I guess. So, you know, I, th- I think it's kind of a clever idea, uh, and it certainly gives you r- very good access to your food, um, quick and easy. You can get in there, get out without, ha- you know, without losing a lot of heat or a lot of smoke. So overall impressions of the unit itself, does it fall in line? Uh- I, I suppose we could say at this point, because there are so many, there's echelons of pellet cookers. Where does this fall between the elite pellet cooker that everybody should strive to get into their arsenal at some point uh, versus all the way down to the bottom where they're just being made because it seems like everybody else has pellet cookers? You know, I, I actually like this one, and I would I think uh, I would put it up towards the top of the list. I think it's got um, good functionality to it. It's not, a, it's not an overly large unit. You're not... Yeah, you're not going to be cooking a whole lot on it, but um, you know, for the average for the average user, I think it's 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 got good good space and uh, it's got good performance. Right. So, do you have a price tag on that? Yeah, they're selling it at about fifteen hundred dollars. Um, the limiting factor, really, right now, is there are very few people who have them, and for the most part, you're looking at buying direct from the manufacturer. Out of uh, out of out of mind for that kind of a price tag, does it fall in line for what you're getting and what the build is, or is this one of those American-made things where it's just going to have to cost more? Well, that's part of it, but you know it is kind of in a line with a lot of the other pellet grills that have kind of hit out on the market. Certainly, there are less expensive units, but there are also some lower quality units. Um, um, you know, I, I think for the price, it, you know. If you're comfortable with the price, I think this is a is certainly one to look at. The one thing that I like best about it, because let's face it, I am no handyman by any stretch of the imagination. Worst handyman ever. Stuff out of here. Came fully assembled. Yes. All I had to do was pour pellets in it and plug that son of a bitch in, and it was off and running, which I certainly appreciate in the door. And I love the wheels. They didn't cheap out on the wheels. It's very easily movable from the garage to the driveway, back to the garage, wherever the hell you want to put it. It's it's absolutely fantastic in that regard. Yeah, their attention to detail here is, is, is very good. I mean, they actually really thought this out. and Maybe this is why this one kind of took a little bit longer to get to the market than some of the others that seem to be rushed out. Absolutely. Derek Rich is joining us here. BBQ.about.com is his website. You can follow him there and read up on everything. that he, One of the most... Um, 
there's a word I'm looking for. One of the most comprehensive blogs out there when it comes to barbecue and grilling, so check it out if you haven't. Uh, next item up for bids, Derek, is this uh, Go Galley tailgating unit. Um, you know, a lot of people have tried to come up with a great way to tack a grill on the back of your car or truck, and this is kind of another one of those. Uh, this is a hitch-mounted unit. What it has, um, it has an electric motor actually inside of it, so you can pull it up, kind of just uh, put it into your trailer hitch, and it will pull itself up onto the back of your truck, so there's not a lot of heavy lifting to it. Um, makes it easy to move around. Uh, it's on a full set of wheels, so when you get to where you're going, you can actually push it around, and you're not tied to a trailer hitch like some of the tailgating units that are out there. Is it just a, is it just a grill, or is there other stuff that is with it? Um, it kind of folds out to kind of a full kitchen, well, sort of a full kitchen uh, idea. It's a grill. It's got um, an actual smoker on it, and it's got a fryer on it. So it's a, and it's a gas grill. So uh, gas grill, uh, gas powered fryer, you know, large pot space, and then a gas powered smoker on it, and then you've got uh, a lot of table space. So it folds out pretty large. Wow. So this is obviously going to be some type of a specialized project for those people that are looking to do uh, tailgating or, or maybe they're doing some other kind of mass event, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it, the, the the grill size is, is pretty normal. I mean, it's, it's actually, I mean, this is the thing about it. It's actually a very standard gas grill. It's not overly large um, and it's not necessarily fantastic. Um. So, uh, but you know, I mean, the whole selling point of this thing is is that you can just take it wherever you want. Yeah, and I think uh, what's nice is that it's got almost everything. You got the deep fryer, you got the grill. I'm gonna have it up on uh, the video uh, page for everybody to see, and then also you have that smoker. So kind of like best of both worlds, even the the trash can thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's designed to be everything you need. So you know, if you're really into tailgating, you want to spend twenty two hundred dollars. Um, you know, a fun little toy to have. You think this will catch on and be a big seller, or is this uh, another niche market piece? Very niche market. I yeah, don't absolutely. think it'll be a big seller at Not all. Not at all. I don't think so either. All right. Uh, GoGalley.com yeah. is the website for that. And then, of course, we have this 3D grill. What can you tell us about the 3D grill? Okay. I was. This is, this is the one I'm going to kind of leave up to people to think about. Um, I was approached on this when it was before there was even a prototype of it. And um, basically what it is is a large, well, a, a rack that stands up that you can put onto, uh, you know, any kind of grill. It's rectangular in shape, so basically it's designed to fit into a gas grill. You put it directly on the cooking grate of it, and it's got um, little hooks and little knobs and little cooking grates and little things that, so you can put, you can dangle chicken legs and put kebabs on it and cook through the entire hood space of a standard grill. So, um, you know, and, and then it's, it's got a, a number of accessories that are going to go with it. And, but, you know, I, I just kind of have to wonder um, – kind of what the point is I, this is one of those things that I just I, I really wonder about 
One of those uh, concepts were great, and then when it actually got put into concept, it might not, or when it got actually put into production, it might not be that bad, good of an idea in real life. Well, yeah, kind of like that. It's it, it's sort of like you know, have you ever wanted to cook? You, you, you know, I mean, we talk about you know maybe grilling or cooking, you know, a whole meal, you know, side dishes and main course and all that sort of stuff. Well, this is kind of designed so you can cook fifteen different things simultaneously. And uh, I think. Uh, nibble me this. Uh, Chris Grove just said it, Beth. Solving a problem that doesn't exist. Well, look. Yeah. I think it's one yeah. of those things where you know, if if you if the guy doesn't do it and he sees somebody else put it out, he's going to be kicking himself in the ass for the rest of his life. At least now he's got his 15 minutes of fame. He's here on the biggest radio show that has to do with barbecue and grilling. He's got one of the biggest bloggers out there that has to do with barbecue and grilling talking about it. So I guess all in all, he's probably won. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly. Um, but it is kind of one of those accessories that leave you scratching your head a little bit. And it really hasn't quite hit the market yet. What kind of a price tag are we looking at this? You know, I, I'm not really sure on it because there's no information on what it sells for at this point. Although um, they are actually exhibiting this at HPBA next month. So um, get to talk to them uh, face-to-face and kind of see what they were thinking. All right. Uh, Derek Rich is joining us here on the show bbq.abound.com is his uh, particular website and let's uh, go ahead and hit the drum roll Derek we're talking about the Reader's Choice Awards for about.com voting for your favorite grills and all that other stuff tell us a little bit about that Um, well this is something we did last year Um, certainly it generated a certain amount of controversy so I'm going to do it again this year and see how many more people I can make mad Uh, what's what's so controversial nine categories uh, for people to right now nominate your favorites in. So we've got charcoal grill, gas grill, pellet grill, backyard smoker, competition smoker, barbecue sauce, barbecue rub, um, barbecue joint, and barbecue chain. And I put the barbecue chain on there so that people don't spend all of their time telling me the best barbecue joint in America is Famous Dave's. Isn't it? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to say. That's for people. This is for people. This is for for what? my readers to vote on and to nominate. And I'm going to leave my opinion out of it. All right. Well, that's why it's the readers' choice awards. So as you're seeing some tallies come in, can you give us at least uh, some of the more popular items that we're getting? Obviously, these are uh, unofficial. How, how long does the voting go for, Derek? Uh, well, we'll, we'll be taking nominations through February fifteenth, so that's going to run for about three weeks or so, and then on the twenty second of February, voting will begin on the top five in each one of the categories. Uh, at this point, um, I can actually give you a full tally. We're looking at uh, about twelve hundred nominations have come in so far. All right, and so, I mean, like, is Weber Grill probably safe to say winning some of the, or at least getting garnering a lot of the attention? Well, actually, there's not as many nominations for Weber as you'd think because I don't think that – you know, there are other products that have a much more dedicated fan base, I think, and those seem to be where a lot of the nominations are coming from. All right. Uh, Derek Rich's BBQ.about.com. Uh, what's new in the hopper? What do you have coming down the pike that you're going to be uh, getting your hands on to review that you might be able to reveal? Um, well – Actually, I, I guess the big thing is uh, heading off to HPBA March 1st, and there's a number of new products that are going to be showing up there, hopefully. Um, right now, 
um, I've been looking at a lot of pellet grills. So I'm going to try in the next month or two to hammer down the pellet grill situation and figure out which one is the best. Do you have any preconceived ideas going in? No. I'm totally lost. Oh, really? Yeah! <laughs> well, I don't believe that just for one second. Uh, is there anything else that you're looking forward to seeing down there? Is that, I mean, for the people that have never been there, is it as is it as big of a grilling and barbecue fest that we think it might be, or is it a lot of other stuff, and then there's a smaller percentage is actually stuff that we wouldn't mind going and seeing? It's a lot of other stuff. Unfortunately, what it is is that you have the the grilling barbecue section of it, but for some reason this trade show is also tied to fireplaces. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that I really just don't want to look at. And then, you know, there's it's an army of PR people that are just trying to convince you of how wonderful they are. So, you know. You take the good with the bad, right? Yeah, this year actually they're going to be doing uh, a couple of different things. They're going to be having a big tailgating event, mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing um, – they've got me judging a little celebrity cook-off that's going to be going on down there. So it should be fun. Anybody cooking that we know of that you would like to mention? Put them under uh, deviant pressure? If, if, if you live in Atlanta, you might know who some of them are, but basically it's all local Atlanta chefs. Is uh, Atlanta known as a barbecue and grilling hotbed, would you say? Do they get a fair shake or, or do they get more than a fair shake than they should? You know, no. I, there's not a lot of great I don't. I mean, there's a few places, but I don't think that Atlanta itself is kind of the mecca. There just happens to be a number of manufacturers kind of in the area. I mean, Big Green Egg is located there. Charbroil is located there. So you've got a lot of business in the Atlanta area. Yeah, so you have one of the premier grill manufacturers and one of the worst grill manufacturers ever. <laughs> I said it, Derek. Don't worry about it. I said it. You did this is what I like. Yeah. I can, you know, definitely I don't see a charbroil sponsorship for me here in the near future, but that's all right. Uh, Derek Riches yeah, from BBQ.About.com joins us uh, almost once a month telling us what's new and hot out there for our consumable dollars. Derek, always appreciate the time. Have fun at the expo. We'll catch up with you again next month. Yeah, good talk to you. All right, there he is. Derek Riches. Thank you, Derek. Again, really one of the most comprehensive websites when it comes to the barbecue and grilling stuff. BBQ. Dot about dot com. If you haven't checked it, lots of grill reviews, lots of smoker reviews, his own recipes, and of course he's got the People's Choice Awards that's going on, a Reader's Choice Awards going on right now. Uh, February 15th is uh, when it jumps off. February 22nd is when the top five will be out for your review as well. So uh, thanks to Derek. All right, folks, quick reminder about the good folks over in Warminster, Pennsylvania. You know them as the barbecue guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Now, look, maybe you are a busy professional and you are also a barbecue lover like me. That's where the barbecue guru really seems to shine. And here's the deal, right? We all want to be able to do a number of different things. We're all multitasker these days. It's not we're just going to go do one thing or another thing, and that's going to be it for the rest of the day. Absolutely not. That's not what it's about anymore. What we're going to do these days is this. We're going to put on a brisket. We're going to get the barbecue guru. It's going to maintain pit temperature control device for us, or it's going to maintain pit temperature for us no matter where we set it at. 
from 180 degrees all up to 400 degrees, whatever the case may be, the barbecue guru has our proverbial back when it comes to keeping that pit temperature controlled. How does it do it? I don't know, it's like magic, but I believe it's through a series of microprocessors and fans constantly monitoring that temperature when it needs to stoke up, the little fan kicks on. When it doesn't, just keeps where it's at, kind of like cruise control, so you can be focused on doing a number of other items that are most important to you, making sauce, prepping other meats, going to the grocery store because you forgot a ingredient for your barbecue sauce, whatever the case may be. Also, the Barbecue Guru makes the Onyx Oven, which is a fantastic cooker. You can break it down. stores right in your uh, trunk if you want to. You can take it with you. If you're a one-man competition crew, you can bring it with you. It's an easy cooker, but it stores a lot of food. It cooks a lot of food. It obviously integrates very well with the automatic temperature control devices sold by the Barbecue Guru, so you want to look at those as a package deal. Procom 4 wireless unit, CyberQ2, DigiQ, DX, and, of course, that party queue, which is revolutionizing the way we are doing automatic temperature controls. It's an all-inclusive device, singular. It's going to attach to the bullet-style grills. It's going to attach to the ceramic-style grills, to the kettle-style grills as well. It's got a digital LED interface. You can go up and down, five-degree increments, and it runs off of AA batteries. It doesn't get any better than that. You can bring a whole power cord with you. You don't even ever need it. Just bring a pack of batteries. It'll get 35, 40 hours per cook. Change the batteries out. Man, you're ready to rock and roll again. Don't forget, Party Q does need a special adapter for the ceramic-style grills and the Bubba Cakes. But other than that, man, you're ready to rock and roll all for $129. And here's where you can find them. TheBBQGuru.com or call them toll-free 800-288-GURU. We're back with Robin Lindars right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. In the smoke, call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. All right, we are back. 37 past the hour, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com is the place to go. If you want to get in touch with the show, thanks to Derek Richards for joining me just this past segment. But we race over the hotline. Fingers crossed here. And we welcome in Robin Lindars from GrillGirl.com. Robin, how are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Robin. Thanks for joining me during a little uh, video thing here, which I believe it's actually working, so that's always nice. Uh, you Is can, it working? Can it, you guys see me? I mean, I, it seems to be working. I've split-screened us, so I'm on the left-hand side. You're on the right-hand side. I don't know. I mean, things are going well. My processor probably doesn't like me that much, but I've tried to scale back as much as possible so we don't blow this whole bad bitch up before it actually gets going. Nevertheless... We, we don't want to talk Greg, about... Greg, I have to say, if I thought it was actually going to work, I might have popped my computer up so I don't have that, like, double chin action going on right <laughs> Yeah. Hey, but believe me, they, they have to see me every week, so anything is an improvement over me. Don't, <laughs> don't even worry about it. All right, uh, we're talking with Robin Lindars. Uh, Robin, a couple of the items that we want to talk about 
There's something called the, the Super Bowl. What? I know a lot of people have no idea what it's about, but it's this big football game that they play uh, towards the end of every National Football League season, pitting the two best teams against each other. Of course, that involves a lot of eating, and no better person to get in touch with to talk about what's good to eat, what's not good to eat, than our own grill girl. So uh, what are you doing special for the Super Bowl, Rob? Well, my best friend from Atlanta is visiting, so there will probably be a lot of skinny girl margaritas consumed. But um, obviously, it's going to be grilling related. And uh, what I actually just pulled off the grill tonight, I wanted to kind of give it a try, was I did an Alabama white barbecue sauce on wings, and it was really good. I've always done it just on, uh, like, chicken breasts or... And um, it turned out really great on the wings. And you know how you'll you'll sometimes have people over, God bless them, and they can't stand any heat. So, like, <laughs> you know, my my traditional ass blast sauce isn't really applicable to all my, oh. my friends and family. So the white barbecue sauce is good because it's, it's kind of mild, heat-wise, at least. Ass blaster sauce? That's – most of my wings are usually <laughs> – extremely hot i like the spice um i'll probably still make i have a what's called a chipotle um sriracha wing that i grill and that's got a lot of chipotle peppers and a lot of sriracha in it and that's another favorite um what do you what do you normally make for for the super bowl greg uh i make a light salad with a white wine spritzer right i keep it real i keep it true don't even worry about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to probably have to work, so whatever's left over. Um, when I wasn't working, it was a lot of uh, wings. You know, it's all the stuff that's bad for you, but I'm trying to keep beards for barbecue going, minus the beard, of course, um, but trying to eat a little bit healthier in moderation, and some of that stuff just doesn't seem to want to go along with what I'm trying to achieve these days. Uh, but, I mean, to me, there's nothing better. Super Bowl Sunday, a lot of beer, a lot of wings. That's the, that's the way to go for me. Wings and beer are a staple, but if they're grilled, they're so much better for you anyway because they're not fried. So um, I always make jalapeno poppers because that's kind of my staple, and anyone that comes over always recommends them. And I do them two ways. I have kind of an old old school version that I always did and then kind of a newer version. Um, the old school version is taking the jalapeno and stuffing it with, with the cream cheese and wrapping it in bacon. And the new version is taking a jalapeno and taking prosciutto and wrapping the prosciutto around your favorite kind of cheese and then stuffing it in the jalapeno. So um, I will say I think that the one with prosciutto is less work. And if you're like me and you really like bacon and bacon on any appetizer usually takes it up a notch. I have caught my grill on fire by overloading the grill with too much bacon. So maybe the prosciutto is a little bit um, safer. (laughs) <laughs> you, you've caught the grill on fire. Is it a gas grill that you caught on fire or a charcoal grill? It was a gas grill at my dad's house, and oh, we had wow. all the family over. And it was actually the other appetizer I was going to say. It, I was doing bacon-wrapped asparagus, which was is really just asparagus wrapped in bacon. But I made so much of it, and I put it all on the grill. I just put a really large amount of bacon on it at one time. So. My only advice is just not to overload your grill with large amounts of bacon because it can turn into a grease fire. (laughs) Definitely not something that you want to be a part of. Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. Grillgirl.com is the email address. Let me back up a little bit. You had mentioned Alabama white sauce. 
I, maybe I'm taking a jump here, but I would imagine you spent some time with uh, Ken Hess down at that Kingsford University last year. Uh, he's well-established with uh, Big Bob Gibson's. Big Bob Gibson's well-known for this white sauce, Alabama. I mean, am I seeing a connection here? What's happening? Yes. Well, white sauce is from Alabama, but I didn't learn it from uh, Ken. You know, I'm from the South, too, not from Alabama, but... Uh, you know, anytime I would go into to Alabama or talk to friends, they would always talk about this white barbecue sauce. And it wasn't until I got Chris Lilly's cookbook that I got the recipe for it. And um, it's it's different. My husband loves it, but it's a it's a mayo based mayo and vinegar based barbecue sauce that's got horseradish, um, apple juice, a lot of pepper, and some cayenne in it. It's it's a white barbecue sauce, but I think that the mayo base. Um, actually keeps your meat really moist. So like if you read Chris Lilly's book, you'll see that they talk about using it even like a mop sauce and they use it on pork and, and chicken. But um, it's great on wings and I actually served it once at a women's grilling clinic and everybody was really gaga over it. So I just decided I'd use it on wings for, for Super Bowl. Now you said mayo, you said horseradish. Uh, you said some other things that I guess I wouldn't necessarily associate right away. But would it go good on like beef at all? I think beef is a dipping sauce or maybe like if you're doing like a sirloin burger and you use it as a sauce because keep in mind it is a mayo base. So, um, but I wouldn't use it like you might use barbecue sauce on like a traditional Kansas City style barbecue sauce on other things. I mean, it's, it's kind of tangy and different. So if you had to use for mayo, like on a burger like that, um, or dipping your steak in, but I wouldn't use it as a marinade. All right, uh, Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. Uh, one of the other items that you had listed was best of the web mashup for Super Bowl, including some other bloggers like uh, John Dawson, Chris Grove from uh, Nibble Me This. What's that all about? So have you guys, um, have you discovered Pinterest yet, Greg? Uh, I think, I think I just saw it like two days ago, and I might have been forwarded a link from John Dawson because he had some recipe that was just getting a lot of love all over the place. People, and I pin John Dawson as well. So Pinterest is basically, it's a new social network. Well, it's not new, but it's a social network that's really taking off. And basically, you can install their their toolbar into your browser. So, like, say, for example, you're surfing the net and you see something really cool and you want to remember it. You can clip that photo and add it to your pin board. And it's also got a social networking aspect because people can repin your your pins. So, um, so yeah, so it's great for for really kind of saving a fun collection of recipes. So what I've been doing on my blog is saving all my favorite recipes as a pin board. And then I'll basically take a screenshot and put it on my blog and link back to it. And that way everyone has links to all the best recipes that I've seen and, and my own recipes as well. So um, like uh, John Dawson's uh, chorizo queso is doing really well, which obviously for Super Bowl is, is perfect. Um, I just pinned uh, Chris... Groves uh, chili lime uh, wings because it's wing season for for Super Bowl. So there's a lot of good stuff on there, like a uh, loaded baked potato dip. Just you know, it's oozing with with lots of fun finger food for for Super Bowl with, with mine and what I consider some of the best barbecue and grilling bloggers out there. Absolutely, and that's uh, was it Pinterest.com or is it a .org or a .net? It's Pinterest.com, and I will be I will probably post a link to my board on my blog like tomorrow or the next day. But if you go to Pinterest.com and just Google Robin Lindars, you'll see my Super Bowl board. 
All right, so we'll look for that, Pinterest.com. I know we don't have like a huge amount of time, maybe five minutes, but there's another day coming up that all men need to be aware of. Uh, Guys, I hope I'm not letting you in on a secret here. A little thing called Valentine's Day. So, you know, a lot of people just want to cheap out and take their wife or their husband out to eat and not do any work whatsoever related. But do you have any ideas about what you would like to see at uh, the Valentine's Day table? Well, I don't know about you, Greg, but... You know, when you go out for those Valentine's Day dinners, they get to be so cheesy because they give you a crappy set menu anyway. And then you can't even really, like, order the good stuff off the menu. And it's so crowded. I actually think it's a lot more romantic to cook a nice meal together. And then you can hang out at home and drink large amounts of wine. And if, you know, things get crazy, then you're home and you're having fun. Who knows what happens after that? (laughs) Mathematics. Long division. (laughs) So I, you know, oysters are an aphrodisiac, so I'm going to say grilled oysters as an appetizer would be the way to start out. And then um, my my preference, and this isn't fancy, but I think that you don't have to get fancy. I think, um, you know, a dry-aged New York strip would be mm-hmm. awesome. And, you know, you can't find dry-aged just anywhere, but when you have a great dry-aged steak, it really just... It's just freaking incredible. So, you know, maybe serve it with a little uh, really good blue cheese, um, you know, and a nice grilled romaine salad. Um, you know, maybe make some some compound butter and put it on a baguette and have some, some nice, like, homemade grilled Texas toast. And then for dessert, and here I go with the bacon again, and, and I'm trying to be a good girl this 2012, too, and, and force myself to you know, work out more. And it's hard when you write about food, you, you try to be good. But anyway, um, my, the, my candied bacon chocolate chip or chocolate cupcakes are, are one of my old favorites. Um, I think that Valentine's day is all about red wine and chocolate. And, uh, so, so pair some chocolate cupcakes with candied bacon and you have perfection. And, um, and then of course, couple this with large amounts of red wine. I think you have a night that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Do you have, a great way to, do, do you have a preference of white, of red wine? Do you have something that is your, like your go-to vintage? You know what, Greg, I am not a wine snob at all because I truthfully, I've never met a wine that I don't like, which is probably unfortunate. But. No way. That's awesome. Box wine. You like no, I did bring boxed wine home once, and Scott was really mean to me about it. Really? You know, did you know that some of the best – yes, absolutely. There's some of the best wine out there is in a box right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we we sail a lot. We have a sailboat we'll take out occasionally, and you don't want – um, you don't want bottles on the boat. So I like boxed wine, but I like a nice Pinot Noir. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of South Africa and New Zealand and – and Australia, you can get really, really great for super cheap. So, all right. Uh, so there you can go. You hear me okay? I just got a pop up on my screen. Yeah, no, I can hear you just fine. It's uh, trust me, it's on my end because I have so much happening here. Uh, so this could be a one and done. But I think you know, adding the video uh, and getting to see every everybody's getting to see us kind of interact. Uh, that, that's uh, kind of working out well. So I appreciate you making that <laughs> attempt and kind of doing this whole thing with me. Uh, so that's your take on Valentine. Anything else? Are you going to go to the HPBA Expo up in Atlanta or anything like that? Uh, probably not. They they actually asked me to, which I was surprised about. They asked me to um, in Atlanta. They're doing a, a wine and food fest to do a grilling like demo. But um, I think I'll stick closer to home. It's actually going to be a busy spring. I'm 
if you guys have any ideas, I'm, I'm actually trying to do some recipe development for a cheese company, and I'm actually lactose intolerant, so I guess mm. I'll just be kind of uh, gassy for the next couple of weeks, but it's um, I'm trying to develop some kind of panini recipes for American cheese, and I'm filming some web, webisodes, and uh, so lots of, lots of good stuff going on right now, and, uh, you know, by the time grilling season kicks off, I think we'll have a lot of even, I'll have some, some more stuff in the works that I can tell you guys about. All right, she is the writer of GrillGirl.com. That's three R's, G-R-R-R-L.com. Find her over there, check it out. And again, look for her on Pinterest as well. Robin, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys have a kick-ass Super Bowl. All righty. Thanks so much. There's uh, Robin. Thanks uh, for doing that. Wow. It actually worked a little bit. Hey, not bad. Candy bacon cupcakes, sea salted dark chocolate chip cookies with bacon, grilled oysters, and a New York dry uh, dry aged New York strips. Yeah, sounds like uh, sheer perfection to me. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. All right, so uh, we're going to get ready to wrap here for three minutes. We'll come back and get this first hour done. Look, who I'm about to talk about. In circles of competition, Barbecue is one of the most successful people out there. Finished third place overall for Kansas City Barbecue Society's Team of the Year out of like 5,000 other teams. He was uh, third, for crying out loud. And here's why, because he's got a line of products that... it's not. Here's the thing you need to realize about Butcher Barbecue products, right? First of all, the top quality, only the finest ingredients are used here. We're not jipping you. We're not taking shortcuts or anything like that. I'm saying we like I'm the guy that's making them. They are not taking any shortcuts. Just providing you top quality products to get you the best possible results each and every time. Because that's what it's about. Consistency. If you're going to use it, use it right. Use it the same way each and every time. Yielding great results. Moisture, taste, flavor. Helping you achieve the tenderness. Make those judges want to Go back for all of these additional bites and stuff their face with your food and not the other entries. ButcherBBQ.com is the place that you're going to want to go to get some of these products. For instance, Beef Rub is world-renowned. One of the best rubs, uh, I'm sorry, one of the best injections out there when it comes to beef. It's also got a very well-revered pork rub. And, of course, that whole line of dry rubs that Dave has is absolutely fantastic. The Honey Rub won Scott Roberts' number two rub of the year last year, for crying out loud. Number two of the year, runner-up. He's got a premium barbecue rub that's for sale. He's got a steak and brisket seasoning. You're doing yourself and your family a disservice if you are not looking there as well. Go to ButcherBBQ.com. You can almost get all everything that you need. If you need syringes for your injections, he's got those. You have the beef and the pork injection. You have that competition sauce, which is absolutely phenomenal. One of the best sauces out there. I buy it by the six-pack. I drink six-packs, too, by the way. Hello! Holla! Um, And then you have that complete line of rubs as well. ButcherBBQ.com. ButcherBBQ.com. we got a little tailgating thing going on right over at Butcher Barbecue right now, so you want to check that out. And, of course, this is the best part. Everybody bitches about shipping online. No need to bitch anymore because Butcher Barbecue has that taken care of as well. All orders, $55 or less, will ship to you at $7 flat rate. If it fits, it ships. All other orders will be $9. And that's just another way to trust your butcher friends. All right? We will step away. 
come back and wrap up the first hour. ButcherBBQ.com. Check Dave out on the web. Order up right now. We'll be right back. Game interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living, the women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, Bert, let's go. I've been driven down that open highway. We are back five minutes till the top of the hour. Thanks again to Robin Lindars for joining us this past segment. A lot of great ideas as far as uh, getting your stuff to the dinner table when it comes to the, uh, it seems like I just went down all this. What the hell did I just do? Hello. Uh, lots of great ideas when it comes to Super Bowl this year. Also, a lot of great ideas as it relates to Valentine's Day. Everybody loves Valentine's Day. Man, it's tough. I got to get me an intern, I think, because I'm not going to be able to do all the <laughs> back and forth. Oh, geez. What can I say? I need to I need to get together with like a local um local video place or local place that has whatchamacallit. What am I thinking of? A uh God damn it, what do you call it? The um the communications degree. That's right. I need an intern. Jeez. Yeah, I know, Diane, I apologize. We're dealing with a new uh, piece of video software equipment, which has kind of been all right. If you missed the last segment, the first time we were actually able to introduce video to the show of a guest. So we didn't get it with Derek, but uh, and I, we're not going to get it with Scott. I know that for sure. From Swine Assassins, but uh, Robin Lindars was able to put her Skype video up, and I was able to capture that and relay it to everybody. So we kind of had almost, it was almost like a... TV show, radio show type thing, I guess. I don't know, whatever. What can I tell you? All right, so uh, we talked with Derek Riches about a few different items, one of which was a grill that I have been using now for the past, oh, three, four, five weeks, I guess. And it's my first attempt at a pellet grill, pellet cooker. It's the Grilla. MyGrilla.com is the website for that. And I have to say, I am I am very happy with the fact that it is performing so well. I've had some very minor issues with it. I think that I am kind of spoiled with the fact that when I'm doing a lot of high heat grilling, I'm doing it in a environment that is typically warm. So what I'm doing it now, when I turn that, uh, when I turn it all the way up to grilling temperature. I'm going to imagine when it's springtime, it's, you know, 65, 70 degrees. You know, it's going to pop right up to 550. Summertime isn't going to have any problem whatsoever. But when it's cold out, that wind will take some of that heat right off. 
the cooker, no matter you know how hot it is underneath, it's not registering all the way up the top. But other than that, man, it's a solid unit. I'm, I'm highly recommending it right now. And I'm doing my first true low and slow on that. Coming up uh, Thursday into Friday, I'm doing a pair of pork butts. So I'm looking forward to that with endless anticipation. Going to be using some uh, Big Mista rub on that, the pork rub, Big Mista on one. And uh, I got somebody else's rub in the back. Oh, uh, JP Custom Smokes rub. We're going to have a rub fist fight. Watch it. All right, we'll wrap up here for the first hour. I'm coming back with the second hour. Got to take on uh, Bigfoot catchers. Then we got Scott Nelson from Swine Assassins. Got to find him. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? He ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. That's right. Top men joining us here in about uh, 14 minutes. All right, let's recap just for a few seconds. Last hour, we had Derek Riches from BBQ.about.com on. He was talking about... Uh, the new pellet grill, Grilla. He was talking about the new 3D grill, which I think we're both saying was probably more of a miss than a hit. Oh, no. No way. Um, which was more of a miss than a hit. At least in his opinion, he's actually going to be able to talk to the creators of that and uh, press them a little bit more on what the uh, what the impetus was. Look, uh, I mean, a lot of people just want to get out there. They want to get a product out. They want to see what it's going to be like. They want to see what the feedback is going to be like. And I would imagine something similar along those lines for the po- uh, for the folks that made that 3D grill. I mean, what can I tell you? I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. I wish I could invent stuff, man. I would invent a lot of stuff. I just, I have nothing to invent. I leave the inventing up, ladies and gentlemen, to the inventors. Yeah. I don't, I don't have it going on up here to invent stuff that people might want to buy in mass to line my pockets with millions and billions of dollars. Let's just leave it at that. We also talked with, oh, and then he also did the Go Galley. You know, now that I had pulled that up, the Go Galley. 
Meathead said that he actually has one of those. Meathead has a gold galley, or he was able to use it, I believe. And he actually liked it because of the all-inclusiveness of it all. But I think that's one of those things where it's it's a very specialized piece of equipment, so it's probably not going to go super huge when it you know in relation to other cookers or grills or smokers or anything like that. Even though it's all in one, so that was the Go Galley, and then there was that 3D grill that he talked about. We also talked with Robin Lindars, and we talked to her about uh, recipes for the Super Bowl. She was doing prosciutto wrapped jalapeno poppers. She was doing prosciutto wrapped or uh, bacon wrapped asparagus. She did caution. That you may not want to put a whole lot of bacon on that grill. That's right. Don't want to do that. No, It's just like if you were cooking a lot of chicken thighs and you flip them over and you put the skin side down. If you aren't paying even one lick of attention. Because one thing you have to realize. you know, Now, if you were doing that on a kettle grill and you started getting the flame up. You can put the top down, you can put the lid down on that, and you can choke that air, um, that air out, and you'll put the fire out, at least for the most part. Liquid propane grills, natural gas grills, it don't matter whether you are raining fat down or not. That thing is going to continue to flare and flare, and now you got fire, you have a mess. I kind of would have liked to see that grill on fire, i got to admit. We're all pyros at heart, folks. Don't even pretend like you wouldn't want to see a grill catching on fire, just like you know I would. Absolutely. Um, and then we also talked about uh, Valentine's Day. Did you know Valentine's Day was coming up, guys? Absolutely it is. So you want to make sure that you are not cheaping out. You're not taking the easy way out and you know doing something crazy like going to some stupid pre-planned event where there's six items on the menu. You don't want to do that. You want to cook for your lady. You want to cook for your man if you're the lady that's cooking, whatever the case may be. You also want to visit Stephen DeFranco for 50% off Accutron watches. So thanks to Derek and Robin for last hour. Also, again, thanks, Robin, for uh, doing the video thing uh, with me. I I would like some email feedback on if you think this is a a worthwhile thing or not because I'm running that fine line of using too much power of CPUs. But if it's worth it, you know, I mean, I'm here to – I want to step the game up. You know me. Uh, all about stepping games up and, and differentiating the show from the other slop that's out there. All right, gang, I don't know if uh, – d- does anybody watch this uh, thing called reality television? Oh, jeez. This could be – and I have talked to Emmy Award-winning Emmy Award-winning producer John Marcus on the show before. You know, for the love of Pete, people. We are so consumed with this reality television. It is sweeping those higher-end cable channels up like tornadoes. National Geographic, History Channel, Sci-Fi, Outdoor Channel. They are all kooky reality TV shows. One more strange than the next, but gang... I have it on good authority from me, top man, with the dumbest show ever on the face of the earth is Bigfoot Catchers. Let me rephrase that. Bigfoot Catchers. What? Look, I can put up with a lot of stuff. Can you please tell me how these four idiots 
are on the television chasing something that does not exist. Uh-oh. It doesn't exist. Bigfoot is not out there. It does not exist. Uh-oh. Fools, you are chasing ass all the way around the country in the most desolate, remote located places on the map. For what? Sasquatch? What? Rod Gray is what call it. Wait a second. Rod Gray on the line. From Pellet and the Pitmaster. Rod Gray, so far, you're a big fan of uh, this uh, Sasquatch show. Tell me exactly how many, uh, what have they found? Nothing. I'm sorry, Rod Gray, uh, again, just for the record, what have these people found for Sasquatch? Nothing. You're damn right they found nothing. These schmucks were just in the backyard of southeast Ohio down in Salt Fork, Ohio. For what? They're chasing Bigfoot? I am aghast. Mouth agape. I watched the show. And they are Sasquatch, the Squatch. This area has squatchiness. What? Squatchiness. I thought I made up words. There's nothing that has squatchiness. You know why nothing has squatchiness? Because there's no freaking Sasquatch. There's no Bigfoot. You are not, there is not going to be a culmination of this particular show. That all of a sudden, they're going to come down with a Bigfoot. They're going to catch it. They're going to get undeniable evidence. There are fools in Ohio that sign up for a Bigfoot convention in Salt Fork where these tools were. And they pay like three or 400 This thing has been sold out. It's sold out every year. You have to get on a waiting list for five years to go sit in the woods in hopes that you see Sasquatch. What? It's not going to happen, folks. There's no such thing as Sasquatch. It's not squatchiness. It's not Sasquatchamaterific. It's not squatchiness. None of that. It doesn't exist every time they're recreating. You know why it doesn't look the same? Because it's not. It's just a human being. You're You're catching video of human beings tearing down trees or probably wandering away from somebody they've killed out in the middle of nowhere. You just caught them. It's the worst show ever. And the people that are in the show aren't doing any justice for the validity of this show. I have a better time believing that season two of Barbecue Pitmasters is a better show. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes it. I am more interested in watching Zach Bagans and the ball-headed dude and his other kook friend go on to these haunted houses where they capture paranormal activity. I will believe that before I believe anything else. But I am not going to sit here and be made fun of behind my back. I will not have you insult my intelligence, Mr. Television, telling me that there is a Sasquatch running around these woods My kids watch this. They think that there's Bigfoot all over the place. I tell them, kids, how many Bigfoots have they caught? Nothing. That's right, kids. Nothing. Do you know how many they'll catch by next week? Nothing. In a month after that? Nothing. In two years of hunting Sasquatch, let me tell you what they're going to come up with. Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. Absolutely, Rodney. Nothing. Get that big stuff out of here. Do not help these people continue patently ridiculous that we're even talking about this and that's it
forget about the internet being true. I know one thing that's not true. And that's Sasquatch. Give me a freaking break. Loch Ness Monster is more real. The Loch Ness Monster laughs at Bigfoot. All right, gang, look, we talk about buying online a lot. Here are some things that you need to consider. If you're buying something, is the source trusted? Can you answer yes? Can you answer no? That's your call, not mine. Also, does the guy have stuff in stock? Can he ship it to you at competitive rate? Do you have support after the sale? Look, what sucks more than buying something and then not being able to actually use it when it comes to you? So you thought you're Mr. Smarty Pants. Well, I can put it together. Well, I know how to use this. No problem. Well, what happens when you don't know? You need support. A lot of these places on the internet fly by night. They're here. They take your money. Boom. Gone. Out of here. Not Fred's Tasty Lick Barbecue. Not at all. You go to TastyLicksBBQ.com. And you can find everything you want. Grills. Barbecue pits. Bradley-style smokers. Big green eggs or eggheads out there. Cookbooks. Wood chunks. Wood chips. Syringes. Injections. Sponsors of this show. They carry everything you need. And most importantly of all, most important, if you're going to sit there and lay out cash, right, and you are going to go and spend your hard-earned money on something on the Internet, oh, I want to deal with somebody that I know when I give them my money, they're not going to sit there and bend me over and jam me up the hey nanner nanner. I want a competitive price. I want to ship promptly, and I want it in stock. Fred's Music and Barbecue, check, check, check. Thank you. All you have to do is go to TastyLicksBBQ.com and just take it from there. Peruse the inventory. Call into Fred if you want to. He's happy to take your calls. Also, don't forget there is standby seating for the two-day competition barbecue school March 10th and 11th, uh, just a month and a half from now. Todd Johns from Plowboys is going to be teaching that. Uh, Call into the store, or you can go to TastyLicksBBQ.com for more information. The initial class is sold out on the 10th and 11th, but some people might drop out. They can add you in, or they might add in a whole other class if they get enough interest. So go to TastyLicksBBQ.com and check Fred out. See about that competition barbecue school. It's really one of the most sought-after classes out there, aside from Dave Boskus, and you'll be happy that you took it. TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're coming back with Swine Assassins. Scott Nelson after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, 13 past the hour. Don't forget... TastyLicksBBQ.com. Got to hit that up. All right, uh, let's go ahead and, as promised, joining me now is the pitmaster of Swine Assassin's Barbecue Team in their second year. 
They're able to score second overall team of the year, finishing just behind Munch and Hogs at the Hilton. And here to recap is 2011 Swine Assassins Pitmaster, Scott Nelson. Scotty, how are you, buddy? What's going on, Squashmaster? Not much, man. Uh, absolutely uh, happy that we were able to get you locked and loaded back in again. Uh, looks, uh, work absolutely. happens, man. I mean, nobody knows more than me that work happens, and these things have to be addressed first and foremost before you can come on the biggest, baddest barbecue radio show in the history of the world. Uh, Scott, so thanks for joining me. Uh, absolutely. See, look, I'm, I'm running this video thing. I got too much. I need an intern. Scott, do you have a line on any interns? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we can work together. We got some, uh, we got some hotties on our team. I'm sure they'd come and work for you. Oh, absolutely! I mean, I love hotties, and as long as they work for free, that's uh, you know, if it's free, it's all about me. That's all I have to say. All right, so uh, we we did say that you finished second overall for Team of the Year uh, 2011 for KCBS. Uh, I did mention, uh, I did not mention, however, that you were Team of the Year for the Iowa Barbecue Society. So we got to give you props on that. We'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we're very proud of that. Great, very proud of that. Iowa Barbecue rules the world. I uh, believe that was actually one of my questions here that we'll get to a little bit later, um, Scott. If you can, kind of give us a, a review of this past year, the team, and all that good stuff. Oh, we had a great year, man. We finished, you know, first loser, but we uh, we gave it a good run. We, tra- we uh, traveled all over the country, put tons of miles in our vehicle, but uh, we had some fun. You know, we had some high points and low points along the way, but all in all, it was great. Met a lot of cool people, and you can't, uh, if you're not barbecuing, uh, then you're not living your life. Barbecue is awesome. Everybody that's not listening to the show is crazy. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I agree with that first and foremost, of course. I think that probably goes without saying. Um, do you think that... The did you did you do as many competitions as you thought you were going to do? Uh, we did way more than we thought we were going to. You know, we started off uh, this year uh, knowing that we wanted to make a run, and then uh, we hit a few contests that uh, turned out to be uh, pretty well start, pretty good start. So once we hit a few contests, then we're like, hey, let's do it again. Let's do it again. You know, we started in February last year, uh, and then from the end of February until. About the middle of October, there wasn't a weekend that we didn't cook. So it, it got to be a long year. You know, I have a lot of respect for people that, uh, that cook that much on a regular basis. It was, uh, there was times when uh, we were screaming at each other, but uh, all in all, we still love each other. So it worked out well. But, yeah, it, we cooked a lot more than we thought we were going to to start the year off. But I wouldn't change it. All right. So as you gear up for the new year, do you plan – out all of these contests in advance that you'll do up front, or will you add a decent amount on the fly again? No, we'll add a lot on the fly. We're going we're gonna to start off and uh, see how things go. We're trying some new stuff out this year, so we're going to hit a few contests earlier. First one's going to be in February in uh, Columbia, Columbia, Missouri, uh, and then from there we're going to kind of play by ear. We're going to hit Columbia, and then we're kind of still leaving Vegas up in the air. If, uh, you might head out there, but we're, nothing's for sure. You're leaving Vegas in the air? You don't like cash and hot chicks and gambling and strippers? I'm, I love Vegas. We go to Vegas lots, but Vegas bar- barbecue trip is totally different. You've got to focus a little more. So we're, we're, uh, we're not set on it yet. It's just uh, it's a tough decision, man. It's tough. We just don't know. We'll see. If we do well uh, in February, I'm sure it'll be easy to pull the trigger. If not, we might have to stay home and practice a little more. Scott Nelson joining us here on the show. Does it add any pressure? You probably didn't catch the show last week, but does it add any pressure knowing that the guy who finished just uh, nips and heels behind you has already picked you for finishing 
2012 Team of the Year in KCBS? Well, that's fantastic. That that uh, we love pressure. We do well under pressure. That's outstanding. I did uh, I did not know that I missed that, and I usually catch that. I must have fast forwarded through it. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's easy to fast forward through Dave Boska's segment. I understand that, Scott. But I mean, when you have somebody no, that I likes, love Dave. come on, come on. I'm kidding. Of we course. use all of Dave's products. We're actually going to be injecting some grill product into our chicken this year. So, there's a shout out to my man Dave. All right. Uh, now, I mean, does in all seriousness, though, when you have a guy like Dave who experienced a lot of success, he's been out there doing it. He's got very successful products. Do you? Is there any type of added pressure for that, or are you just happy to get some of that uh, praise from the guys that you're seeing out there on the competition circuit weekend in, weekend out? I think it all is good. I don't, honestly, every contest is, is a lot of pressure. When we go to a contest, we don't, we don't go there thinking that we're going to lose. We go there with every intention of winning. And, and uh, Some people might see it as arrogance, but we feel like we can beat anybody uh, at any contest if we cook well. But you know, there's a lot of teams that I think feel the same way as that. So I don't see it as added pressure. Uh, having somebody pick us, I see it as a compliment. That's great, you know. But in all honesty, I don't know. It's gonna. Be, it just depends how we start off the year. We traveled a lot this year, and uh, I don't know. I don't see us doing that many uh, this year as we did in 2011. But you never know. Just uh, well, we're gonna see how see how it all plays out. Scott Nelson joining us here on the show from Swine Assassins, SwineAssassinsBBQ.com. Scott, what was the goal for? Hey, yeah, go ahead. I got, I, got a, I got a special treat for you tonight. Ooh, drum roll. Here we go. I, got, I do. It's go fantastic. Ahead. I have a, the man himself, the swine assassin man himself, who actually saw Sasquatch earlier this year, and he, he wants to tell you about it and tell you where he saw him and talk to you for just a little bit. It's Chris Paulson, one of the other head cooks from Swine Assassin. Chris, yeah, baby. Chris, what's up? So, Dave, what's going on, man? Well, first of all, if you're going to even sit here and come on my show and tell me that a hairy, methodical, mythical creature is going to exist, we might even get into fist fights here on the air. You prove to me that. <laughs> prove to me that Sasquatch hey, we were, exists. We were in Arkansas. We were right. in Arkansas in October. Uh-oh. And uh, we think we saw a couple Sasquatches. We're not sure, but uh, we thought we might have had too much to drink, but I'm pretty sure we saw two. Well, you think you don't think you had too much to drink. You either did or you didn't. It's probably that we did. All right. So <laughs> now, were, did these Sasquatch have real names or like? Do you have documentary proof? We didn't get to talk proof? to them. They were just streaking through the woods. Oh boy! Now, no video, no picture proof. No, this well, thing- we well, not not that we can probably show on TV or even put out there on the internet. It might uh, be offensive to some people. So, but you actually have video proof or, or some type of photographic proof? Yes, we do. Now, did you think about potentially hunting them down and then becoming Sasquatch assassins <laughs> instead of swine assassins? I think that's a little well, bit more. If we more did catch- that, then, no, then there wouldn't be a TV show out there. We couldn't. We couldn't do that. Let's be honest, Chris. There's not a TV show out there right now. It's horrible. <laughs> It's horrible. Chris, while I have you on the air, uh, since you are uh, obviously part of the team, uh, let me ask you this. You know, you went in last year, uh, obviously looking to do as good as you could. What were the goals? I mean, when you you and Scott sat down, did you plan out any type of short-term, long-term goals for last year? And how did that evolve over the course of the season? Well, I I definitely think that we sat down before the first uh, comp and said that we were going to make a run for it. Um, and I think it all came down to you know, how well we did in the first 10 comps, pretty much. If we did pretty well, I think we decided that we're going to go for it. Um, I still think after we got through the first 10, we weren't quite sure that 
we were going to uh, do as many as we did because I believe we ended the season with 35 or 36, wow. which that's a lot of competitions. Uh, <laughs> and uh, like Scott had said earlier, there's a lot of cooks that do it, and we applaud them because we, with even with four of us, it was it was it was tough. There's some there's, there's some hard times. There's a there's a, there's a lot of things going on, and uh, yeah, we got usually got anywhere from five to seven kids with us. So oh my lord, um, it, it can get difficult. I mean, are you guys leaving out on like a Thursday? Are you leaving out on a Friday? I mean, to travel that many weekends out, I mean, you're traveling more than half the year uh, for right. weekends, and you're taking all these kids with you. That's got to yep. be a ball buster. Yeah, uh, kind of the, the the way it goes is uh, one of the spouses would, would take off with the rig and everything and, and go down Thursday. And when the kids got out of school, the rest of us would, would come and uh, and drive to the to the location and sometimes it would be uh sometimes we'd get there a little bit late um and the the other couple would have to uh you know take control of everything and kind of get things um in the smokers maybe sometimes usually we wouldn't get there that late but uh there's a lot of preparation that goes into uh you know with the four of us seven kids uh getting to where we need to get and then also uh and placing where we're going to place with all this stuff kind of going around us so as you it's look a, back, like, what, yeah, I was going to say, was it worth it? this year. Yeah, I bet it Sorry. was. I was going to say, so, I mean, as you look back at it, you're doing all that stuff, stuff that you didn't probably plan out to do right off the bat, was it worth it? And as you look back, is second or the second oh, overall? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. Um, uh, for, for us, it's, it's, uh, it, it was, it was so much fun. Like, like Scott had said earlier, we, we met so many different people that we probably would have never met. I mean, going to Florida, uh, California a couple times, uh, Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, we went all over the place and, uh, we met a lot of people we probably wouldn't have met if we weren't doing barbecue. And like Scott said earlier, if you're not barbecuing, you're not having fun. Absolutely. Now, Chris, what's the end game for you guys? Is just, you just like to compete and do this? Is there aspirations of catering? Is there aspirations of opening a restaurant? What do you think? Oh, there's a, I think there's aspirations of, uh, multiple things. I think, uh, I think this year we're going to kind of play by ear. Like Scott said, we're going to, we're going to start off in at the, the polar bear in Columbia, uh, Missouri and, uh, go from there. And, uh, it kind of depends on like last year, if we, we start off pretty good, then we'll, we'll take it from there. The catering and stuff, uh, that, that's something that may come along. Um, you know, we do stuff for our friends and whatnot. Um, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. And our big thing, like, like Scott had just said over my shoulder is one of the big things we like, it's not about, it's not about making the, making some money, uh, doing the competitions. We like to get the big trophies and the posters and, and have people talk about us. I think that's, that is the funnest part of it. And to be lucky enough this last year to be able to, to do that and to do as well as we did only being our, really our second year, we're, we're very appreciative of, you know, how, how nice everybody's been to us, all the opportunities we've, you know, kind of been given. Um, so we're very appreciative. All right. Uh, Chris Clausen joining us here on the show. Uh, also part of SwineAssassinsBBQ.com, finishing second overall KCBS Team of the Year last year. Uh, are you going you gonna to hang with me, Chris? Are you giving it back to Scott? What do we do? Scott, so doesn't really matter. You want to get back on, Scott? Sure. I'll, I'll give you back to Scott. Here we go. Thanks, Greg. All right. You got it. There's Chris. Look at that. Too bad Greg, for him. He had to hey, come on. <laughs> we're giving you an open invitation. You can come and uh, have your own personal class with us uh, anytime at any contest. 
My own personal class? That's right. Come on down. We'll teach you. We're going to teach you how to barbecue swine assassin style. Yeah. We have you know Sounds like there's going to be a lot of drinking. <laughs> Lots of cold beers. Yeah. And absolutely no, absolutely no Cleveland football will be on the screen. Hey, so you good. don't have to worry about that. Well, we don't have to worry about watching a bunch of losers then. Absolutely. I'm always down with that. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, let me ask you this. You guys started competing in 2010. A year later, you're runner-up for Team of the Year. Is this something that you can, or is there anything that you can point to that really ramped you up over a 12-month period to get you where you are today? You know, it's a lot of contests. We we tweak stuff every single time. You know, there's some people that cook the same every time. I think we try and keep a baseline, but we tweak stuff every time, and, and I really feel like our food got better towards the end of the year than it was at the beginning of the year. Every, uh, every contest we did, we tried to look at it and, and analyze it and, and think, hey, what the heck can we do to make this better? How come this didn't turn out like it was supposed to? How come this turned out differently? And uh, we're trying new stuff. You know, we're, we're making our own sauces and rubs now, which we uh, a little more now, I should say, than uh, what we were. So we're, we're just trying to, to be the best barbecue cooks that we can. We want to uh, change barbecue. We're going to bring up the, bring up the uh, coolness factor and also – change the uh, the flavor profile a little bit. Scott Nelson joining us here on the show. All right, Scott, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and go over those category results individually. And it seems, because I've broken it down with a couple of the other teams that finished, you know, one and two, there's been three really good, really good finishes, and then there's been one that's kind of, I don't want to say pulled them back a little bit, but could we could look at it as being the heel that kept you back from being potential uh, a grand champion or finishing first overall team of the year. But we look at chicken first because that's what's called first at all the competition. Third overall in chicken, widely considered to be by many pitmasters an Achilles heel of teams, something that are not consistently cooking well. Obviously, you found something that works for you guys. Uh, what can you point to that is giving you guys a lot of great success with chicken we love chicken we cook a lot of chicken it's easy to cook you can practice it at home a lot more often than you can putting big meats on so uh i think chicken the reason why we're so good at chicken is we cook a lot of chicken uh there's no uh no real secret to it we don't have any any special sauce we're trimming it a little different than some people are we tried some 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 crazy and what i would consider stupid at times things which didn't work out but in general, uh, you just gotta cook it right. You gotta cook it so it tastes good, and you got, and then you gotta get lucky and hit a good table. Uh, chicken has been our strongest category in the two years that we've been competing. So, uh, a lot of teams don't like it. I'm not sure why. I think it's easy to practice at home. Uh, it's definitely not not the category that we're scared over that we that we would shy away from. All right, now one of the things that I'm always interested in learning about when it comes to chicken is is it thighs, of course, or no? Uh, we've done thighs and legs, but uh, thighs are what wins. All right, and then I, I scour the interwebs trying to find techniques and all of this stuff, and I see some people that uh, they kind of square the the thigh up and just so it's kind of like nice and uniform. Other people are like taking the skin off and they're taking a fillet knife and they're like rubbing or, or they're flaking off the fat from underneath the side and all this other stuff. Uh, what kind of a process are you using on, on the chicken skin? Is it pretty cut and dry for you guys or you get a little bit more intricate with your prep? Are you trying to get our chicken secrets here, Greg, or what's going no, on? No, absolutely not. I <laughs> never have anybody on to talk about barbecue on the show. Absolutely not. That's what I figured. No, we, uh, uh, we don't. Our chicken takes a long time to prep. We can prep all three categories in less time than we can prep our chicken. So chicken doesn't take nearly as long to cook, but, uh, and we can try different flavor profiles and different injections and raw. I mean, lots of different things at home without going through the, 
the intricate, really fine details uh, when we're doing a competition style. But when we're cooking competition style, our chicken takes us the longest. So, yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing some of the things that you mentioned, but uh, not all of them. <clears throat> it, it, you know, we uh, we want to make sure that all of our chicken is definitely uniform. When it, when it sits in the box, it looks pretty. You got to have some greens in there to make it make it pop. You want it to uh, to look, you know, it has to look nice and has to taste good. Half of uh, half your score is, uh, is people don't believe it, but half your score, in my opinion, is on presentation. It doesn't look good, it doesn't taste good. So you can have the best tasting chicken in the world, but if you just slap six in the box and they're, they're not uniform in size, then you're not going to score well, in my opinion. Scott Nelson joining us so here. We're, we're doing some of those things. All right. Uh, now we move to ribs, uh, seventh overall in ribs. So, again, another fantastic finish. Uh, is it spares? Is it baby backs? And is there anything special that you're doing with those ribs? Chris is trying to tell me to lie to you. We're doing, we're doing <laughs> spares. We're doing spares. We do spare ribs. Uh, I, I've, I've tried baby backs. We both tried baby. We've tried them, and, and they just don't work for us. I like to taste the spares better. Uh, we're not doing anything special with our ribs. Uh, we're doing the same thing a lot of the other teams are doing. I think uh, you win and lose a contest in the, in the last few minutes before you turn it in when it comes to contest style. So I think we're doing a lot of things different, like as far as when our ribs come off the smoker to when we're putting them in the box. But but when when we're cooking the ribs, we're cooking them like a, if we were cooking them for uh, for our family, they taste exactly the same as yours, I bet. Are you? Is there a lot of lag time between when they're done on the cooker and when you actually cut them up and get them into a box? No, there's, there's not. No, we okay. uh, we keep everything hot. We cook six racks of ribs, which is a lot more than than some teams cook, I think. But you know, we got four of us, so I'm cutting some up and doing some things with them, and, and Chris is cutting some up and doing some things with them, and then we're by the time we taste them and, and get them in, there's not a lot of lag time. We we would probably let our ribs sit for ten minutes, maybe, uh, from when they come off the smoker until they're until they're in the box and walking up there. You got to keep the product hot too. That's the taste has to be warm to uh, to score well. All right, pork is fifth overall. So again, another top ten finish there, uh, top five, I suppose. Um, anything special <laughs> that you're doing with pork there? Pork, we got lucky. I mean, it's like the magical pork guys are shining down on us. I don't know. I mean, we've changed <laughs> we changed a few things on pork. We uh, we learned some stuff from uh, Chet Ham Artillery's class on pork. We did a few things that he was doing, and it helped us a lot. And I don't. I mean. But pork still, when I turn pork in, you know, pork we finished really well this year, but when we turn pork in, I don't know. We turn it in, and I'm like, I, it could be first, it could be it could be 75th, who knows. Is it tough when you feel that we, all over the board with your product? Say that again, I'm is, sorry. Is it tough when you feel all over the board with your product like that? Yeah, pork frustrates me to no end. I mean, we're still, like, doing things, like, insane with pork. Like, what what is it that they're looking for? You go, And then I think maybe it's different in regions. We're cooking pork a lot in the Midwest, and then we'll go out and, and cook on the East Coast, and we'll, we'll try the same thing, and boom, it'll be first place. And then we'll go out on the West Coast, and, it's, and boom, it's, it's terrible. So pork is the is category that I would say definitely frustrates frustrates us the most. Even though we finished you know, we finished really well uh, in the KTBS standings this year in pork, we're elated to uh, do that well. I think part of it just goes to the number of contests that we did, and we were lucky enough to hit some of them. But in general, when, I'm, when we're done with the contest, I would say that our whole team – if you asked us how we did in pork, one would say we won it, and the other, and the other three would say we lost it. So, I mean, we're just all over the board with pork when it comes to either our palates are not pork refined or uh, we just don't exactly have a great handle on what uh, what the judges really want on pork. All right, we're talking with Scott Nelson from Swine Assassin. Scott, uh, hang with me here just for a second. We'll get to uh, brisket. 
when we come back uh, outside from the other side of this break here. Uh, so stick with me. Okay, I want to tell you about a now longtime sponsor of the show, Shane Draper. Draper's Barbecue, a third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky. In between Memphis and Kansas City, Shane Draper has created a line of products that represents both cities as well as the flavor profiles from his home. Draper's Smoking Sauce is a balanced blend of spices that marry savory, sweet, tangy, and some heat into a flavor profile that is just at home on the competition trail as it is in your backyard. Draper's also has a versatile, very versatile rub known as AP Rub. And the AP, of course, is short for all-purpose its balance of savory, salty, sweet, and heat make it great flavor enhancer on any protein. But it can also be used on popcorn, french fries, salads, chicken wings, onion rings, chicken mix, baked potatoes, and dredges for frying fish. Really, your imagination is its only limitation. Now, smoking Sauce and AP Rub are great products on their own. I think we can all agree on that. But these were designed to be used together, folks. That's right. The dovetail of the two flavors... Make a completely different, complex profile that keeps the judges thinking about your entry. Hell, they might even come back for second or third bites. You can find Draper's products at drapersbbq.com slash store. You can also find it at the creators of the Bacon Explosion, bbqaddicts.com or bbqproshop.com. These are all trusted Draper's resources you can find online. Also, look for Draper's Barbecue on Facebook and on Twitter. Shane is always available for questions and cooking advice. If you have a local store you'd like Draper's Barbecue products in, send Shane an email at info at drapersbbq.com. They are always adding stores and new markets, and your tip could lead to you earning some free swag, baby. Yeah. Now, be on the lookout for Draper's Barbecue newest product called... Mood Enhancer. Like it. This rub was built to make anything that ever mood taste better. From brisket to tri-tip steaks to hamburgers, this rub has it covered, literally. Mood Enhancer has very little sugar. It's low in salt. Stands up to low and slow cooking as well as hot and fast. Stay tuned to the Barbecue Central Radio Show for the exclusive release date coming very soon. Draper's Barbecue, when we say three generations of pride in a bottle, they mean it. That's drapersbbq.com. Okay, we'll step away just for 10 seconds. We'll come back with Scott Nelson from Swine Assassin. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, uh, 37 past the hour, 23 minutes till the top, and we will go back to the phone lines and grab Scott Nelson from Swine Assassins. All right, Scott. Greg, so, uh, hey, Greg, this you know, is Chris Paul, and uh, Scott had to go make a drink, so I, he, he handed the phone back to me. All right. Well, I wanted to talk to you anyway, Chris. Let's be honest. 
All right, so oh, that's what I thought. Let me ask you about this. We were uh, talking about the categories, and we didn't get to brisket. Yes, sir. Uh, so I had mentioned to Scott that with all the other pitmasters that I've talked to, uh, Robert McGee, I talked to Dave Bosca, uh, we're talking with you guys. Now, there seemed to be one category in specific that seemed to deviate fairly considerably from the rest of the scores, and brisket seemed to be your guys' heel. Any thoughts on you know how you liked your brisket this year, what you think... I don't want to say the problem was, but why do you think that it, it didn't score as well as some of the other categories that you did? Well, you know, we we, we tried a whole lot of different things, um, and, and like Scott kind of said with the pork, it was it was it was, a, it was a hit and miss sometimes for us, and we just couldn't quite get our finger on it. Um, we we tried many different types of briskets. Um, we we've, we've tried the wagyu and uh, the straub and. Uh, we just can't we can't figure out what what which one we want to use the whole year, and I think that's kind of been been the problem. So, have you talked about it at all before you go into this competition season? Oh, oh, definitely. We you know we started off we started off using the, our normal brisket, and uh, we we did all right. But when you're you're not hitting the top ten after so many comps, we've we've made a decision that we've got to try something different. We have to make some changes. And if that doesn't work, then we've got to make a, maybe a more drastic change. And that was to go to a different, even type of brisket, uh, injecting it with something different. And, uh, uh, I think that, I think that, uh, at the end of the year, we were a little disappointed that, that we didn't finish as, you know, as well as we, well as we wanted to, but we're happy with where we finished. I mean, uh, but we will be doing some tweaking, uh, we have been doing some tweaking, I should say, until uh, about a month away we are from the polar bear. So we'll see how we do there. All right. Now I did uh, talk yeah, with – go ahead. Yeah, we do. We, we, we are each cooking a, a brisket uh, this weekend, actually, for the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to try some, try some different stuff out, some different methods, and uh, <clears throat> just to play around and see if we can get uh, a, a better profile. So. All right. Now uh, I mentioned at the top that – you know, runner-up KCBS, obviously great, but Iowa Barbecue Society Team of the Year. So, if you could, maybe for the folks that don't know a little bit about that organization, what it looks to accomplish every year. Uh, Iowa Barbecue Society, it's 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 great. Um, they do they do a wonderful job putting on all the competitions. Um, they've got their hands kind of in in, in everything, and uh, we we have a, a wonderful time going to the Iowa comps, and uh, we did miss. We did miss a few this last year because we were trying to get into some bigger competitions because we were going for, for team of the year. Uh, but I think we'll, we'll be going back to, to hitting some more of the, the local ones um, because they are, they are a lot of fun. And we do want to uh, make sure that we, we are representing ourselves in Iowa because that's kind of important for us. Um, and uh, the organization is, is great. Uh, Scott and I would uh, love to get a lot of more teams that are outside of Iowa to come in and hopefully by going out and uh, and talking to a lot more teams at other competitions will bring some more some more people, especially to the Mason City competition, which is our local competition. Chris, do you have a most memorable contest of last year that you could tell us about? Oh, most memorable. I would say probably the most memorable would be, uh, let's see, Marshalltown, Iowa. The reason that would be our most memorable, I think, is because we've won that back-to-back uh, in 2010 and 2011. And the main reason it's memorable for me is because I bet Scott, um, that I would shave my head if we won back to back. So it sounds like you lost that. that, (laughs) (laughs) Lost and won, I guess, right? 
Yes, we. I, I lost, and, and and I was supposed to do it that day, but I did it a couple competitions later, and um, I still actually owe him a. I still actually owe him a full shaving. I didn't. I, I just clippered it all the way down to a number two. So, it sounds weird when other guys are saying that they owe other guys full shavings, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, you know, Scott, I want to. I want to ask you. I'm sorry, not Scott. Chris, let me ask you this. You know, I asked Mo Case on this question uh, last week. And he was pretty modest in his answer. So let me ask you, since I have you on tonight, I don't think I'm speaking out of school or out of turn when I say that Iowa is really known or perhaps not really known for being like a traditional barbecue hotbed. But you have Big Mo, you have Joe Beeland and and Tippy Canoe, you have uh, Iowa Smokey D's, you have Shad Curtin, uh, you have Swine Assassin, literally taking over the barbecue competition scene. What the hell is going on over there in Iowa? You guys have a you know, stronghold on the barbecue competition secrets or something? I think we might. Uh, the, yeah. the, the one team that you can't forget is Big T's Q Crew, too. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Newstrom, he's, a, he's also a great cook. Um, I mean, we've, we repre- we've represented the state pretty well this year. If you look at um, Bentonville, Arkansas, we had, what, five teams there. And you can't forget Scott's dad, Grills Gone Wild. He had an amazing year also. He finished what? Second place in Iowa, I believe. Yeah, and uh, so there's one more. I mean, we've just. I think. I think that we've got some people that have taken it pretty serious, and there's not been a whole lot uh, coming out of Iowa that um, people are surprised. And hopefully, you know, like going back to the Bentonville thing, we had we had five there, and three finished in the top six. Obviously, Tippy won it, and then Ryan got third from Big T's. We got. We got sixth, and I think Smokey D's got like 13th or 14th. So, I mean, out of the top 15, you have four Iowa teams go down to Bentonville, and just we we had a really good day, two days, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Claus joining us here from uh, Swine Assassins. com is the website. When is the first event for you guys this season? Uh, it'll be, uh, what is it, February 23rd and 24th. It's the Polar Bear. Uh, it's in Columbia, Missouri. It moved from Hallsville to Columbia. So, Is it fun to cook in potentially cold weather? Actually, well, this year I don't think we'll probably have a problem the way it's, I think it was <laughs> yeah. 65 in Kansas City so <laughs> the other day. But uh, I think uh, last year we were a little shell-shocked because there was no snow, and then two weeks before it got dumped on, like, 14 inches. So when we got there, they had snow banks around everywhere and it did get pretty cold. But the day of the turn-ins, it was like a lake in the parking lot trying to get the turn-ins. It was, it was pretty messy. So, but, uh, that doesn't bother us. We, you know, we, we cook outside with our cookers in the winter anyway, just to practice. So, you know, I mean, that's the only way to do it. You got to be able to regulate your temperatures on your smokers in any situation. So you got to put yourself in any situation. Chris Lawson joining us here on the show. Uh, Chris, if you could, maybe just uh, you know some very brief tips for the backyard hack like myself in regards to you know some of the more tougher cuts to cook when it comes to uh, people like me. Uh, brisket, for instance. What kind of uh, beginner advice can you offer to the people for briskets? Uh, brisket, that's, that's probably the toughest meat to cook. I, I, I mean, I, I think Scott... Scott would agree with me on, on that one. Um, and probably behind that for, for us is like he said, pork, we, we, you know, tinkering around and trying to figure it out. But for the backyard guy, just a brisket probably is the, is the toughest meat to cook. You've got, if you don't go, if you don't cook it too, if you cook it too short, 
it's not going to be done. It's not, it's not done. If you cook too long, then it's falling apart and it's dry. So that is the toughest thing to cook, most definitely. The thing about it is, is you've got to find that happy zone where you've released the ghost and that you've got it to the temperature that you want it at. Uh, and some people like it a little more done and some people like it um, a little less done. But for a competition, you have to be right in that spot. Backyards, it, it can be a little bit, little bit different because you can throw some sauce on, put it on, put it on a bun, and, and eat it. So, all right now, what about uh, ribs? Everybody's always looking to to cook the best ribs. Do you have any, at least, uh, words of advice for the backyard cook on you know, a time, temperature, and what to look for like when they're done? Because a lot of people in general consuming public are stupid, and it's fall off the bone uh, meat is the best, which is incorrect. Correct. You are correct on that. I think a lot of people, you, when I cook at home for um, friends and family, I overcook them because that's what they, I, I cook what we do for a competition and they like it, but they always say, well, aren't they supposed to fall off the bone? And it's like, well, not really. That's, that's too overdone if you're getting it that far. So, I mean, there's a ton of different methods uh, to do it. You've got the three, two, one method. If you're, if you're cooking at 225 to 250 to some people cook it a little bit hotter. Um, I guess for us, we, we, we stay right in the middle there and, uh, you know, do three, three hours in wrapped an hour and then a few other techniques that we do during the middle of that to, to get it ready for how we like the, the profile, the taste. But, uh, for, for any backyarder, I think the, the best thing to do is, I mean, undercook them one time and then try them so they're not fall off the bone. And I think that they'll, they'll enjoy that a lot better. They'll be, they'll be moister. They'll taste a lot better. All right, let me ask you this while I got you on the phone, Chris. And I went round and round with some uh, Mr. Know-it-all out there in Chicago called Meathead Goldwyn, and we were arguing about uh, is, is barbecue one way to cook, is grilling another way to cook. Uh, Meathead said that barbecue is this big encompassing umbrella and that everything falls underneath, uh, including grilling, which I completely contested and said these are two different cooking methods, uh, different temperatures, different times, all of that stuff. Uh, where does Chris right. from Swine Assassins uh, fall out? I think, that, I, think I, I think that Scott and I would agree with you. I think grilling a hamburger and cooking and smoking meat on a smoker are two totally different things. Of course. I, I, I can't agree with you more, honestly. I, it's... Anybody, I mean, actually, anybody can cook a hamburger. If you think about it, the temperature is hot, and then they're cooked fast. Smoking is a, really is it's a science, and you add your little tweaks to it to make it the way you want it, and to make it to actually to make it to the way the judges want it. And I, I don't think that we believe that they're under the same umbrella personally. So I mean, it's 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 it doesn't seem right to us to say it that way. So we we agree with you. Right? All right. Well, good. Uh, Meathead's an idiot. He's lucky I have him on once a month for crying out loud. I'm saving his ass. Uh, Scott Nelson and Chris Clausen from Swine Assassins uh, joining us here on the show. Uh, guys, I appreciate the time. I'm glad we could actually have kind of like a, uh, a round table of uh, guests here. I thought I was just going to get Scott tonight, but Chris, I'm glad I got you as well. First time talking to you on the show. Uh, so continued okay. success, and you know, hopefully we appreciate can it. come back on and do it again soon. Hey, and like Scott said, anytime you come down to the to Northern Iowa and you want a class, you want us to hook you up and give you some, we'll teach you how, well, two things we'll teach you. One is how to, how to, how to, how to smoke some food. And two is how to, how to drink some beer. All right. I'm from Cleveland. I'm a born drunk. So watch out.
<laughs> All right, guys, take care. All right, you too. There they are. Swine assassins. Teach me how to drink beer. Dude, I'm from a town of misery of losers. Get that big stuff out of here. We're professional beer drinkers here in Cleveland. In fact, uh, we've been hired out on many occasions to show other cities that are not nearly as dysfunctional how to drink beer through various apparatus, whether it be poking a hole in the side of a can and flipping the top up and shotgun Jones or bongs, not, you know, not bongs. Nothing. Beer bongs. Not flabongos either from Hot Grill on Grill Action. That's their own thing. I'm not touching that. No way. I don't want to impart on any type of trademark infringements or anything like that. Absolutely not. Uh, so that was a great work. We're going to go ahead and do the final spot of the night. And, of course, where I'm going to be talking about Candy Weaver and Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. And then we'll recap Look, gang, uh, it's no surprise we talked about it tonight. If you are on the competition cooking scene, you know that there are these things called the uh, pellet grills. You see one right here on the screen right now. See those little things in the hopper right there? Those are wood pellets. So if you have a pellet-fired cooker, you want to make sure that you are hooking it up with premium wood pellets, widely considered to be the pellet source to go to for your fast eddy cookers, for your Traegers, for your cook shacks, for your grillas, for your Max, for your Cajun grills. I could go on and on, but I won't. Wham cookers. They still make wham cookers. Regardless, you want to make sure that you are giving it the proper high-level wood fuel that it deserves. And again, widely considered to be the pellet resource is Candy Weaver over at Barbecuer's Delight. BBQ rsdelight.com If you're a griller that you don't have a pellet cooker, you can get one pound bags, you can get sampler packs, you can get cast iron pots, so you can put them in your bullet style smokers or you can put them on your grills and use those wood pellets in order to enhance the flavor of whatever meat that you're cooking. Candy has all of the traditional flavors that you want to find when you're cooking barbecue. You got hickory, you got maple, you got oak, you got apple, cherry. Hickory. Hickory. But then you get outside the box. How about charcoal pellets? Maybe you're looking to burn some meat on your pellet grill. You're going to cook some hamburgers or do hot, fast chicken, and you want that charcoal taste. There's charcoal pellets out there by Barbecuer's Delight that are made from hardwood lump charcoal pressed into pellets. Fabulous. You have sassafras-style pellets. You have a savory herb pellets. You know what I found savory herb pellets to work spectacularly on? Have you ever put a meatloaf in a smoker? We affectionately refer to this as griff loaf. You're doing yourself and others a disservice if you, my friend, are not putting a meatloaf on a cooker and you can use sassafras pellets to help yourself out. Again, just look right to the side of me here. Those are pellets, if you've never seen them before. Barbecuer's Delight has the best pellets out there on the market. BBQRS Delight. BBQRSDelight.com. Get hooked up now. And again, it doesn't have to be in huge quantities. If you just have a grill or a boat-style smoker, you can get them in the one-pound bags as well. Variety of flavors to choose from. BBQRSDelight.com. We're going to wrap the show up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, uh, welcome back. Seven minutes till the top of the hour. Uh, so let's go ahead and do a quick reset before we get out of this bad bitch. First and foremost, I do want to thank uh, both Scott and Chris from Swine Assassins for coming on. Really breaking it down. Kind of a surprise for me to actually get to talk to both pitmasters. Usually it's just one. Obviously they were congregating together, strategizing, talking about maybe how I'm, I'm an idiot because I don't believe in Sasquatch. What? I said I don't believe in Sasquatch, sir. Let's go back to the phone lines. Rod Gray reporting in. Rod Gray, as of this moment right now, what have we found out about Sasquatch? Nothing. I'm sorry? Nothing. Oh, well, okay. Nothing has changed since then. Sasquatch assassins. I was wondering, somebody said it here in the chat room as well. It said something like, uh, uh, when he was talking about brisket and he said releases of the ghost, I think what he meant to say was release the Sasquatch. I don't even know. He said that they saw not one, but two Sasquatches? Sasquatch? Such a stupid name. Gotta hate it. Two Bigfoots. Great. Big feet? Whatever. I have a feeling they were probably hairy, naked men, or at least scantily clad, racing around in a drunken state. I don't know if I want to see it. Yeah, Yeti. Thank you, Fred. Yeti. Who doesn't love a Yeti? Now, Yeti is something I can get with. I want to have Yeti in the studio. I want to have a good time with Yeti. I want to Yeti it up in this Mother Yeti. All the good stuff. So thanks to Scott and Chris from Swine Assassins for joining me here on the show. Uh, Basically, for the last 45 minutes or so, we recapped the fact that they were Team of the Year in the Iowa Barbecue Society. They were runner-up for Team of the Year in KCBS. They are finding pork to be an enigma, which I always find fascinating because... Their second place overall in the competition scene. Biggest sanctioning body. over. They are having a little trouble finding their pork. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> finding their pork. <laughs> I got both hands on my meat and I cannot find it. Brisket. Um, I didn't go and dive into the details. I, I couldn't tell if they were going to be going complete Wagyu from here on out like a lot of the other people are. If they're going to go back to... Not certified Angus beef, Dave. No way I'm going to say that. Hell no. Choice. You know, just go back to the big box stores or whatever the case may be, certified or whatever. Maybe they will share that in a different show. However, uh, the chicken is top-notch, and obviously the ribs are doing very well. Uh, Also, during the first hour, we talked with Robin Lindar. She broke down what was happening for the Super Bowl. Recipe-wise, there was going to be some prosciutto, Ooh, God, I feel another one coming on. I would just want to say this. And my guest next week, by the way, Sam the Cooking Guy. This guy is huge on the Internet. Sam the Cooking Guy, he's got a live television show. Happens every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I believe, in his kitchen. He's, he's, he kind of inspired me for this production, although he's got like seven people that are also helping him out, sons and other relations, wives and whatnot. This is just me doing this. So, you know, when the banner was up and you hear me talk, never mind. 
that Giada De Laurentiis, everybody sits there and tells me all the time, oh, she's so hot, Rempy, this and that and the other thing. Show rule, personal appearance is not show fodder. So I'm not going to go where you think I might go on this. But the thing that really pisses me off about her is the fact that whenever any Italian word, like prosciutto, no, that's not good enough. Spaghetti, no, that's not good enough. Parmesan Reggiano cheese, no. Let me tell you what she's about. She's this lady, in case you've never picked it up before. This is the lady that she is. Parmigiano Reggiano. And then you take some Romano peppers and the Parmigiano Reggiano cheese. And then you take some salt and water and you put the prosciutto. Dude, could you over-enunciate Italian words more? Is that possible? Could you possibly do that? I don't think you possibly could. It's got to be one of the most annoying features on that lady. I hate it. I can't watch her shows because of that and because of something else that I'm not, I swear I'm not going to talk about. Anyway, thanks to uh, Robin Lindars for telling me about the recipes for the Super Bowl. Again, the prosciutto-wrapped asparagus, bacon-wrapped asparagus. Remember, not a lot of bacon on the grill. That causes problems. Fires. Candied cupcakes of chocolate and whatnot for the Valentine's Day. Wings. I mean, wings are always good. I believe she said ass blaster wings. I do have that on tape, Robin. Ass blaster wings. You said it, not me. That's going to make it in the 2012 best of sound clips. I guarantee that. And then, of course, we had Derek Riches from BBQ.about.com talking about the Gorilla Grill, talking about the Galley, Go Galley, and the 3D Grill. Again, huge show coming up next week. I'm so pumped up. I'm a big fan of Sam Zion. Zion. Sam the Cooking Guy. TheSamLiveCast.com. Check that out tomorrow live with me because I'm going to. Very excited to just talk some general cooking stuff with him. He's not a chef. Just a guy that likes to cook. We'll hit some barbecue and grilling stuff, get some recipes from him. So very excited to talk to him about that. Plus, big-name guests that I'm not going to tell you about as well. Let me help you to quickly remind you to control the rusty grill grade population. you got raw cast iron. Season it after each and every use. Keep the rust off, baby. Also, September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.